Good morning, good morning on this uh, beautiful day, a beautiful Sunday morning. I hope you guys are doing incredible. Uh, we just wrapped up our past series on walking by faith, said a lot of things about what it means to walk by faith, by to live for Jesus in this world. So many, so many truths that we hit on in that series that are going to also carry on into this series uh, but in a totally different light. Like this is, that is how we are to live our lives. But the reason we are going to live our lives in that way is, is because of this. Is because of the church. Because we love our church. I love the church. And uh, we're going to talk about this topic, uh, why I love my church. And I, and I hope that as we walk through this uh, series and talk about different aspects about the church and how awesome the church is, I hope that you will grow in your love for the church as well. A uh, lot going on around uh, the church right now, lots of things happening in our building, uh, getting the, our, our, our fellowship hall renovated, new carpet, uh, a different look on stage and some things. Um, replaced lighting. Uh, it's going to be really, really nice in there. And uh, we're going to get to be in there today with our kids church. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Lots else going on uh, in the near future. But um, I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, the church that you are a part of is doing great things and growing as well. Um, the church, the church, the church is like a lot of things, right? When, 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 when you ask somebody on the streets, hey, what's the church? they probably will point you to a building somewhere, maybe where they went when they were young, or they'll talk about a place uh, that, that they connect the church to. And while that place plays a key role in the life of the church, that is so not the church. The church is a lot of things. And, and in this series, we're going to kind of explore what the Bible says about the church and what the church is. Um, but the, the, the word church means this. This is what the church is in all, uh, in, in, in its foundational meaning, definition. The church is the ecclesia. It's the ecclesia of God. It is the assembly of God's people. It is the called out ones. Those who have come into a relationship with Jesus, those who have said Lord, I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I know that I am a sinner. I am in need of your grace. I'm in need of your Holy Spirit. I'm in need of washing of, away of my sin. And those people who have given their life to Christ surrender to him and have now become a part of the called out ones. They are the ones still on the earth among many other millions of people. But these are the ones who are following Jesus. They are disciples of Jesus. They are called out from the world. They are no longer. Well, we just talked about walking by faith. They are different. We are different because God is in our life. The root meaning of this word, ecclesia, has nothing to do with a building. It has everything to do with souls and the people that have come into the body of Christ, into the church, the body of believers. So believers all over the world. And so in this series, uh, we're going to talk about the church 
and, and God's hope for us to participate in his church and to have an active role in his church on this earth until he comes again. And this is the body of people that Jesus is going to take with him, those who are faithfully following Jesus in this world and participating and active in the life of the church. And I say this a lot. It's why it's so important to be involved in the life of your local church. Your local church is part of the, the church. We're going to talk about it today. But it's important for us to be a part of that, an active part, like drawing from it, being encouraged by it, growing, growing in our own faith by, by participating with the church, but also giving back, like financially giving back, <clears throat> serving the church, teaching kids, teaching others, uh, being a part of the mission organization, being part of the work of the church so that so that as a church, we are reaching the world. It's so important to God that we are involved in the life of the church. And, and as we get started, uh, let, me, let me just say the most important thing and, and some of the most important truths concerning the church are these. Simply A, B, and C. A is authority. The authority. Jesus, when it comes to the church on the earth, and what the church is, the called out ones, and who is over this, Jesus is the authority. He is the head of the church. He is over all of it, A. B is the church belongs to him. It is his. It all belongs to Jesus. And C is simply this. Jesus is the one that is constructing the church. He is the one that is building his church on this earth to draw souls into his family. So A, authority. B, it all belongs to him. C, he's the one doing the work. From top to bottom, from left to right, it is all God's. It is all his. And we are invited to enter into his work, his church. It's all his. It is not mine. It's not yours. Once in a while, a kid will say to me, one of our young people will say to me, uh, you own the church, don't you? Because they know I'm the preacher. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't own this church. This is not mine. It's God's. It's all God's. I am just a servant of God's. I don't own the church. But we, we want to put... We, we, we want to put everything under a category or, or we, we, in our minds we feel like somebody has to be over or in charge of some, everything, including the church. But, but on this earth, it's Jesus. He is over all of it. It is all his. And by grace and through faith, oh, we just talked about faith for these last couple of months about how faith interacts with God and how faith is what God is calling us to live by. It's by grace and through faith that we are a part of the church and a part of the body of Christ. And so today, today we love the church because the church is the glorious body of Jesus. It is the glorious body of Jesus. And there are two key passages of scripture. There's a number of passages of scripture that talk about the church. In the New Testament, you can't you can't open to a book without without finding something in there about 
the church. In fact, Paul, most of Paul's writing is about the church, the leadership of the church, the structure of the church, what the church should look like, what the church should do. The book of Acts is the beginning of the church. So the whole New Testament is about what the church should be about. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about the church. But these two key passages that we're going to look at today are Romans chapter 12 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Two key passages. You're going to want to go to Romans 12. We're going to read a few verses from Romans 12 and uh, that talk about the church. Uh, and here's what Paul says. He says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. It almost has a a hint of Philippians 2, where he talks about the mind of Christ. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Paul says, verse 4, For just as each of us has one body, like here I am, one body, uh, with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, we know what that means, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. And if it is to encourage, encourage, then, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is lead, do it diligently, and if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so Paul in Romans gives us this, this, this short description of what the church is about and, and, and how it should function, and that there's a leadership structure that God has set up in the church, and that there's people that are over other people, and there's a, there's a shepherd system in the church. And all of that is totally cool. To the Roman church, Paul gives this kind of like a brief, this brief word in his letter that he sends to the Romans about the body of Jesus, about God's people, the called out ones, the assembly. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul expands on this. He gives a lot more detail about the church and what the church's function should be and how that should look. So in your Bibles, go ahead, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, go forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, we're going to look at a passage there in chapter 12. Because Paul has uh, a number of things to say about the church in this passage. And we're going to kind of, I'm not going to read it at the beginning, but we're going to just march on through it. And I really just want to share with you um, one truth one truth about this passage. I want to just point out one key truth about why, why we love the church, why the church is the greatest body or institution on the planet, okay? And there's a lot of reasons why it's the greatest, but today I just want to share with you this one about why we love the church, and this is why we love the church. One point sermon today, we love it because the many make up the one. The many make up the one. There's one church, there's one body of Christ, and everyone who is a disciple or a follower of Christ in the world is a part of this church. 
is a part of this body. It's one body made up of many parts. Now that's pretty miraculous. It's pretty cool how God can orchestrate all of that in all of the world. It is amazing. So verse 12, here's what, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, look what Paul says. Just as a body, though one body, one person, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but it is made up of many. That is an amazing truth about the church. Because for most people, we have reduced the church to these, this statement, I go to church. I go to church. You, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to church, and we, we name a location. Oh, oh, yeah, First Baptist Church over there, or First Christian Church over there. Oh, yeah, I go to Burlington Christian Church. Well, the, the truth of the matter is you don't go to church. You are the church, and we are a part of a church. And the correct way to say that is I worship with the body of believers known as Burlington Christian Church. I worship together with them, but together we make up the church and wherever we are, we are the church. All those who are in God's family are a part of God's church. And look what he says, we're all baptized by one spirit, not many spirits, just one. And there's only one spirit that is from God. All other spirits are not from God. All that were born of one spirit are now all part of one body. That's what Paul says here. It's one spirit, one body. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you are a part of one church. There's only one church on the earth. It doesn't matter what the title is of your group that you meet with. That's awesome and you need to do that. But we collectively on the planet make up one church of those who are faithfully walking by faith that we just talked about in Jesus. Now, there's a lot of people who claim that they follow God or they know God or they believe in God. And in the end, God is going to sort out all of that. The sheep from the goats. We talked about that a few uh, a week or so ago. The sheep and the goats. And it's all going to be based on following Jesus, believing in Jesus, but doing what Jesus said. See, that's the key to this whole thing, whether you're in the church or not in the church. So it's one church. The body of Jesus is not a bunch of disconnected pieces. It's not a bunch of pieces just floating around doing their own thing. It's many parts, but they all, they all work together to form this one body. And Paul describes this, this idea like a human body. Like he uses human analogy, the foot and hand, an ear and an eye and a nose and a sense of smell. Each part uniquely different, each part with specific giftedness and purpose. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a key part to play in the body of Christ. And Paul, Paul shares some humor as he shares this truth. 
<clears throat> Look at it, verse 15. <clears throat> Paul says this. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but there is one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if your ear said, hey, yo, hey, I, I don't want to hear anymore. I, I want to smell stuff. Like, I want to be the nose. I want to go and sniff stuff out. I, I like that idea. I want to be the nose. That, that would be nuts. Like, if your ears started to rebel and, and now you started smelling things through your ear, that would just be crazy. That just, it, it's just like impossible. It would never happen. It's nuts. But it's, it's where a lot of people are. Half, half, of, half of life's challenges... Half of the challenge of, of life on this planet, like the hardest thing for people or for humans to, to grab onto, the greatest challenge, or, or why there is so much like discontentment, like why there's so many uneasy people who don't like their situation, why there's so much stress and so much suicide and so much confusion in our world. Half of the challenge in this life, and you, you, you could tell me if you agree with this or not, half of the challenge of this life is accepting your God-given role in this world. It's simply just accepting how God has created you and what gifts he has given to you and what blessings he has given to you, your strengths, your weaknesses, your, uh, your uh, gifts, your blessings, your abilities. You're male, you're female, you're a boy, you're a girl. And being grateful and then making the most of your days on this planet. And trusting that God, God knows best. Believing and trusting that the Lord knows what's best and that he has a plan for you. I think that the, the, the great, one of the greatest challenges in this world is just simply accepting your, the cards that you have been dealt with, where you've been born, when you've been born, like in this time of history or you live some other time in history, uh, where you've been born, like who you were born to and what you were born with and ex just accepting what God has given you and going forward from there. Because everybody wants to be somebody else or complain that they don't have what somebody else has. Whether it's stuff or abilities or talent or whatever. And we, we pump this at the world, like gotta be like Mike. Like every, if, you, if you hold a basketball, then if you're not Michael Jordan, you, you stink. Like this mentality that you are not good enough. 
You have to be this other person who has already proved to be successful. When the truth of the matter is, accept who you are and, and do the best that you can with who you are. I think that's one of the greatest challenges in this world is just accepting the fact of how God has created you and, and living that out in this world. In verse 18, check this out, verse 18. Come on, come on. What? Come on, verse 18, where you at? Oh man, hang on a second, guys. I got what is going on on my computer? Okay, verse 18. I'm gonna have an issue. Verse 18 says this But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. See, it's God. It's God who has done this work. It is God who has made you who you are. It is God who has knit you together. It is God. God is the one who gets to decide, right? Because the ABCs of the church are his. All authority is his. It all belongs to Jesus. And he is the one who is building and constructing all of it. He has knit every one of us together with certain abilities, right? Spiritual blessings, spiritual gifts that all fit into the body of God perfectly. They all fit into it perfectly. The body of Jesus, come on, is like a puzzle, right? It's like a puzzle. Each piece neatly, neatly fits together with all of the others. When God is allowed to orchestrate it, we accept what God is doing in our life and we are involved in participating in the body of Christ, then all the pieces will fit together. There is deep connection, there is deep purpose, and there is eternal destination in God orchestrating all of his pieces together. No part, no single piece can go it alone. You cannot do this on your own. It was never designed for you to do it on your own. This is why Jesus has, has instituted the body of Christ, because he wants us to be connected to all the other parts. Check it out. The eye, Paul said, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Like, I don't need you, hand. Each part is dependent on all the others to do what they cannot do. What if, the, what if the head said, what if one day that your head said, hey, let's go mountain climbing. And so we're going to go mountain climbing, but the feet, the feet, your feet say, no, I'm not doing that today. I'm not going anywhere. In fact, I'm just going to stay right here and I'm not going anywhere. My legs aren't going to move. My feet aren't going to move. The head would just then be laying there and unable to go anywhere or say the eyes we're too busy, you know, up on the mountain trying to sniff stuff. The eyes now want to be the nose, and so they're smelling stuff. What's going to happen? Off the cliff, you are going to go. It's absurd to think that our body parts would start to rebel and want to be something that they're not, and yet this is exactly what people do when they don't accept what God is doing in their life and what God is wanting them to do in their life. And then it affects the entire body of Christ. 
Each part, each and every part in the body has a role to play. Each part is critical to the whole. Each part is connected. If one rejoices, all rejoice. If one is hurting, all hurt. Each part is as valuable as all the other parts and pieces. In verse 22, look what he says. Paul says, on the contrary, those, those parts of the body that seem, keyword, to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need to no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern. This is so important, equal concern for each other. If one part suffer, every part suffer. If one part rejoices, every part rejoices with it. There is in God's church, <clears throat> which is why we love the body of Christ, there is such unity, such consideration, such rejoicing, such uh, hurting together. There's such togetherness in the body of Christ. But we don't always see that in churches today, do we? We see a lot of fighting, a lot of division, and a lot of bickering. That is not what God has called the church his church to be. Whatever position you play on the team, it's always about the team. It's always about the body. Individual trophies are nice, but it, it's never as important as the success of the body, the team, the whole. The parts, Paul says, that seem seem to be weaker or feeble is the word or not as significant we think they're not as significant we kind of uh, put this sense of who's more important than who uh, on people at work and in jobs and in the church and in our families and all over the place he says those parts that just seem weaker they're indispensable they are very necessary they are very essential like the baby toe your baby toe totally goes unnoticed you don't even feel it down there right you can't even feel your baby toe I can't feel my baby toe right now until it gets chopped off and then not only do I feel that my toe is missing but it will affect my balance. I will be walking crooked, right? That little baby stubby toe that seems to be of very little significance actually plays some significance in your life. It's why Paul says seems or it appears to be weaker. They are really not weaker at all. In fact, some of the smaller things in our body or the smaller things even in us, our organs and stuff, or the smaller parts in the body of Christ, the church, are really more important than the bigger parts. The parts that maybe are in the spotlight or are seen more or play a more active role. And so what, what is it that God is wanting us to get out of this idea of the church and the body of Christ what is the greatness of the church or what is the greatness of the body? Two things and we're done. Number one, the greatness of the body is that in the body of Jesus, we all belong. Like there's one church, one spirit, one body. And in this body, those who have given their lives to Christ are 
they belong. They belong to God. You, you've been bought back. You have been purchased with the blood of Jesus. There is great comfort in knowing that God wants us, right? He wants you. He wants us to be in his family. He has sent his son to claim us as his own, This to include us in his family. Like he wants us to be a part, a member of his family. We have a place to like operate from on this world. We have a foundation that is in God. It is stable and it is sure. And so in the body of Jesus, we belong. We have, we have a purpose and a place. Secondly, <clears throat> the greatness of the body is this. <clears throat> Every one of us have a valuable role to play in the church. We all have a valuable role to play in the body of Christ. God has gifted every one of us and has blessed you with your key role in his body. He's gifted you with spiritual blessings and, and talents and gifts and resources to be a part of his body. Through Jesus, he has invited us in to his body through the blood of Christ. He's put you on the team. You have a position to play. You have a responsibility to carry out teamwork to participate in for the sake of not you, but for the sake of the entire body. Live it out. What we should do is live out our position. Embrace your role and do it well. It's our honor and it is our privilege to be a part of God's body, to be a part of God's family. So we love the church. I love my church because it is the body of Jesus where I belong, where I have my eternal family, and where my purpose, where I have purpose on this earth. I love the church because my church is God's church. It's all his where he reigns and where he rules, all of authority is his. All belongings is his doing and all construction is the work of his hands. There is no better place to be than in the body of Christ. What about you? Do you belong to the body of Christ and do you love God's church? Do you love the church? I hope you love the church. And I hope that our lifestyle and our behavior and our actions, our priorities, I hope they all support the fact that I love my church. Father, help us to love you and your work and what you're doing on this earth more and more every day, God. Help us to come away from the ways of the world and and be more in love with you and what you're doing for all of eternity as we eagerly await the coming of your son. God, we love you. Thank you, God, for the church. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Guys, have a great week. We will see you next time. God bless you. I love my church. I hope you do too.